The South Congress podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is the South Congress podcast, episode 112. My name is Cameron. And I'm Tristan. So we do different jobs, but they're similar in the sense of students and attendance and policy and things of that nature, right? So Mm -hmm. what's kind of the things going on at your level of education right now? What's happening uh, going into the fall? The big thing right now that we have is, um, and for reasons, uh, a lot of teachers uh, do not feel safe about returning to the schools because obviously not every school's alike. Um, You have a lot of schools that are different, like my school has about 1200 students and it's it's not that big or wide of a school at all so each class can have easily over 30 plus kids and obviously there's fears of like you know not only us us as teachers possibly getting sick but these kids as well and so that's really the big thing and unfortunately um tea which is a for those of y'all not in the Texas area, stands for Texas Education Agency. They're the ones that make all the rules, and they pretty much have said, hey, if you want to get funding for this year, you need to open up your school in the fall, which, you know, it's, it's very irresponsible, uh, especially like, you know, um, if you keep up with the news, you keep up with Texas and cases. We, we hit about a record today, about over 10,000 positive cases, uh, about nine plus, you know, deaths or something like that. And, and so... Uh, right now in the area that we're in, you know, the Austin area, we're a hotbed, you know, for these cases that are spiking up cr- like crazy. And so, um, you know, and like I said, this is literally next month that we're going to be returning. So I think a lot of people are scared. Um, parents, I know a lot of parents don't want to want their kids to return, mm-hmm. but a lot of parents are kind of in that boat to where they, they got the okay to return to work. They're back on site. And so it's kind of like, well, who do, who do I get to watch my kids? Blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like, well, like, and then we're doing daycare because daycare cases are spiking here in Texas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's really, it's one of those situations where if you really care about these kids, you really care about, you know, people, you would just say, you know, what, just make it remote until we can get this under control and then we can return. But right now it's just not safe. So that's kind of the battle that we're facing and so like in a way it's kind of like the own the own uh our own commissioner of ta the the head the commissioner yeah the, the person who runs it he's literally holding public education hostage here in texas by saying hey if you want funding you got to open up yeah it's 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 pretty gross you're putting everybody in a position where like they have to choose risking their health to survive mm-hmm. and like it does not have to be that way like <sighs> it's um, and the thing is, the people making these decisions are not the people who are directly at risk. You know what I mean? Like they're not around kids all the time who don't always understand like the severity of their actions. You know what I mean? They're not in packed offices day by day. Like they're making these announcements from their homes. Yeah, which is crazy. If you look at the if you go to the TEA website, they're working remote for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And they're going to open back up in 2021, so so like I said, so they can get 
offices and places with the plexiglass or whatever, like, you know, installed for all the offices so people can have a safe environment. It's like, okay, you're rushing to get us open, but yet y'all are going to work remote. You know, even the governor's mansion, you can't visit it. And it, cause it says, cause of the, due to the danger of COVID. So it's too dangerous for, to visit the mansion, to go to TEA and, you know, have a one-on-one conversation with them. It's even too dangerous for our prisoners, for prisoners to be locked up, but it's not too dangerous to send the kids back to school. Like, I don't see the logic there. Yeah. Um, so what we're dealing with, um, we got a notification. I said we got a notification. I think I saw it before anything came through the job that um, ICE is demanding that any student on an international visa is going to have to have at least 25% of their, and it varies. Um, some places are saying 25%, some places are just saying one class of any kind, but they need to have a course that is 50% online and 50% hybrid in order to take classes in the States. And clearly that incentive for colleges and universities to have on-site classes, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a situation where like the community college system I work for is not having on-site classes in the fall. Like none of the classes are on site. Like they wanted to do like the automotive and welding classes, so those might happen in person. Okay, but yeah, everything else on, has, yeah, yeah. But things that don't absolutely have to be hands on, they're doing it online. And so you know, the last couple of days, I had students like you know freaking out, but like calling me like, "What am I supposed to do? Like I need to find a class that's a hybrid class." So what we did for like veteran students, mm-hmm. they had a rule where 25% of their classes had to be uh, classes that were converted from an on-site course to uh, an online course. The way that that's determined, if the class still has days of the week that you have to meet and the class still has a time that you have to meet, that's how we designated that it was a converted class. So that was fine for VA students, but we don't have clarification on if that's going to work for the other students. So... If you're a college that's not having on-site classes and you have a strong population of international students, like, what do you do? Like, for the first time, I can remember students who are taking uh, on-site courses at different colleges around the country actually gave up their spots to international students. And they've um, come up with and colleges have come up with like one hour classes that are deemed on-site. Um, so that their students can still meet that designation. Like colleges should not have to bend over backwards for a rule that serves these students no purpose. You know what I mean? Like it does not benefit the students in any way to have a class on campus when nobody's on campus. It doesn't benefit the students to have a class on campus when it's determined it's not safe to be in those spaces. Like Mm -hmm. there is now I'm somebody who absolutely prefers to have anything I learned be on site as opposed to online. That's my preference. But like me looking at students' grades and students' assignments and stuff all day and all night, there is no clear difference with on site classwork than 
uh, online classwork. Like there really is not. For some classes, of course, you absolutely need it. But for your English class, your history class, your government class, um, students who can be successful in the classroom setting can be just as successful in the online setting. Like it, that's just what it is. Probably more successful because you can learn at your own pace. It depends on, and see, that's where I, I was kind of getting into mm-hmm. classes that were converted and things like that. But yeah, depending on the student, that can definitely benefit them. Um, less pressure to perform in some cases. But whether you agree with it or not, like you're not, there's no justification for students having to take a class half the time on campus mm-hmm. other than you're trying to push for more people to go back to campus when you have not demonstrated you being who whatever governor you have, you being whoever's in charge of your city, county, state, region. They've not put the parameters in place to make this a safe situation. And it's really unfair that specifically at this point, international students, like the students who have, you know, in some ways the most to gain by studying here, um, are being held accountable for something that they didn't create. Like none of it's fair. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, we're monitoring that, uh, you see that they're officially like players are in the NBA bubble. Oh God. Yeah. So like, what do you think about the situation overall? I I think it's, I personally think they should not have come back to do a season. It's pointless at this point. All it is, is just, um, it's a dog and pony show to be like, oh yeah, like, we're tougher than COVID. That, that's all it is. Like, you know, you, you're putting these guys in a bubble. You're giving them, you know, horrible housing and accommodations and meals just to, so you can make some money to pay off your mortgage and for your 10 yachts that you got because you're missing payments on that. Yeah, it's... And when I say for that, I'm not talking about the players in general. I'm talking about the owners and, like, you know, Adam Silver himself yeah. because, like, there, there's really no point of, of coming back to, especially like in Florida, where Florida's just like out of control, crazy. Like mm-hmm. they're, you know, they got all these, they have no kind of social distancing, no kind of anything. Like that governor literally should be arrested. Yeah. I mean, he, he's literally just committed, like, you know, he's pretty much committed biological war, 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 blah, blah, warfare on his own citizens of his state, you know, and, you know, just to, Again, dog and pony show, and just to have like that pride, and yeah, we're tougher. No, it's stupid. Like, you, someone's gonna get sick. These players are gonna get sick. They're gonna shut it down. We're right back to square one. Yeah, I think the thing about it for me, like, I understand that going back actually helps the players come the next salary cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and the next, you know, collective bargaining, collective bargaining agreement when that comes up. But like, if they don't come back, I think they lose money on the salary cap for the next year, and they're looking at raising it the next two years. Like, I, it shouldn't be happening, but I understand a player's incentive to go back. Like, ultimately, if this is harming your money, I get that. Um, you know, I think there's 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 strength in players saying, "Hey, like, I'm not coming back. I'm opting out the rest of the season. Good luck, you guys. Do what you do." Um, like I, I don't feel like we need an NBA champion this year. Like I yeah, think exactly. you can say that things are crazy enough, the world's crazy enough, that there are other things we don't need. Like I hate the idea that basketball wants to come back and be this uh yeah, basketball wants to come back and kind of be this distraction and taking people's minds off of what's going on in the world. I, I think that, you know, we can all realize what's going on in the world and that 
we can sacrifice something like some entertainment for the time being if it means everybody's going to be safer down the road. Like, I don't think that there's so much intrigue in this that, you know, if it didn't happen, people are going to think worse of the NBA come next season. I I think they should have just kind of called it in, um, didn't have a champion this season and went from there. And so now, like, you have these guys like inside the bubble. Mm -hmm. Like, I saw P.J. Tucker uh, bought himself like an 80-inch TV. Like they got delivered over there hmm. because like, you know, they're, they're, it's funny. Somebody got mad at, uh, I forget which player it was, but basically they, they showed a picture of the hotel. They were like, yeah, this is where I'm stuck for like two months. Yeah, this ain't it. And they were like, oh, you're being spoiled. It's like, well, the thing about hotels is like, what's the rule of a hotel? The hotel is only nice if it's nicer than your house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you don't want to go to a hotel that's as nice as where you live. Like, it's just, like, what did I pay this money for? Like, the hotel needs to be nicer than where you stay. Mm-hmm. And none of these hotels are nicer than where they stay. No, and especially, like, um, with the WNBA. Oh, <laughs> they my God. Mouse, mouse traps, traps, cockroaches. Worms and shit. Like, what the fuck, man? Like. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all have seen the meals. Like, those meals are absolutely. Like, that's they, what they, they would they feed us. from, like, the fire Festival? Or <laughs> what? I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. They hitting them with that damn Hillman special. It's just not great. All that work they're doing, like they need more, they need calories. Yeah, yeah. So, um, who's gonna be the first one to go broke in there from gambling? Who's gonna lose all their money? Mm. Yeah, Antoine Walker's not there anymore. So, I don't know, maybe J.R. Smith. Yeah, Mike Beasley gonna be in there wilding out, you know. Um, Kawhi Leonard was smart. He said, No, nah, I'm not finishing. I'm good. Oh, he said he's not finishing the season. No, he ain't playing it. He ain't playing. Mm. He I understand it, man. Gotta think long term, especially like when you got money. I don't think there's a whole lot of pressure. Like, yeah. I, I do think that, um, I think LeBron and AD have incentive to finish because they feel like they're going to win the title. You know what I mean? Like, if you feel like you're going to win the championship, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, at this point, it's literally like a glorified participation trophy. It's going to feel different than like when the Spurs won it during the lockout season because mm-hmm. everybody played the same amount of games. It still felt like a season, like yeah. full playoffs. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there were crowds like it, it's really different. And even like at that time when they won that, there was some pushback to it. But this like it just I don't know. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel make like any big, sense. Like, OK, as somebody who has to cover wrestling every week. um, you know, one of my biggest like lamentations from the whole thing is like, wow, there are some people doing really, really good work, mm-hmm. but they can't do it in front of a crowd. So like good on them, like when we do ever get back, if we get back, it's going to look good. Um, but like for right now, like to win the title at WrestleMania in an empty arena. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's and you of course you get the instant feedback on the social media. So, you know how people feel. But man, it has to feel bittersweet. Like, knowing what it was supposed to be. So, bringing that back to basketball, like, you know, empty arena champion. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like them playing, like, open gym. And, of course, more goes into it than that. There's your strategy. Um, you know, they're they're playing at the highest level. Everybody, there's a pro. Like, there is that. But, like, I can't imagine getting, like, super hype for the Western Conference Finals. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a thing. Now... I think everybody has a same advantage. Okay. No more. No more home home court advantage because everybody's in Florida. Mm-hmm. The only one that might have home court is a uh, Miami. But even then, there's no fans. Mm. Um, you don't have to worry about fans taunting 
and I and you know getting in your head. So there's no excuse for that shit. Now it's like, all right, we're gonna see who can ball and who can't. Mm-hmm. You know who's who's really as good as they say they are, kind of thing. But I mean, o- overall, I I personally feel like they shouldn't finish the season just because this virus is bigger than all of us and what life has shown us throughout the years is that you have to adapt, you have to change. Yeah. Like nothing is going to be, nothing is just going to stay the same. I mean, there's a reason why like, you know, airports are a lot different now versus 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like our way of living for the time being until we get a vaccination or something with, with this virus, we have to make changes and it's something that people don't like, but Hey, fuck your feelings. Yeah. This is the way life is. Did you see what uh, Jamal Adams tweeted out? I saw it, but I, I really didn't get to read all of it. What, what exactly did he say? I, I know because you had retweeted it, but so let me see if I, I know can something find, not good. Yeah, let me see if I can find the exact thing because basically, like we talked about the NBA, um, we've been talking about like kind of local sports and local football, mm-hmm. um, but we haven't really talked about like the NFL and how they uh and i forget jamal adams is a cowboy now so that makes it even better right (laughs) um so let me see if i can find exactly what he said because i don't want to misquote the guy or do i want to misquote the guy Mm. oh there it is i got it so he says not having fans in stadiums would be beyond whack let fans decide if they want to show up and support um, have them sign a waiver and require masks. Like signing a waiver so that you're okay putting yourself and other people who are totally unrelated at risk is dumb. Like this isn't like signing a waiver when you go to a theme park or like, you know, riding a ride or anything like that. Like, this is literally saying, okay, you're signing a waiver, so if you don't get this life-threatening thing that's affecting your whole country, um, or so that if you get that, can't blame us. It just kind of happened like that. Like, I don't Act trust... God. Yeah, like, I, we always make jokes about wrestling fans being nasty and sweaty, but that does not mean that all sports fans aren't that. Like, they're all sitting outside, um, for the most part, like in the stadiums that are packed with other people mm-hmm. 90 degree weather based on the time that they play it mm-hmm. um wearing the same Yelling. shirt yeah wearing their lucky shirt that they only wash during away games mm-hmm. like like so much about sport They're is the absurdity screaming. of fans yeah yeah yelling at each other screaming so, high-fiving yeah so let's talk about that yeah because it ain't just jamal adams it's just being dumb the nfl has a rule that there's no jersey exchange after games they can't dap each other up yeah so a lineman can literally like and not on purpose but literally spit in each other's faces the entire game because you're head up pushing the other guy mm-hmm. right yeah um when you tackle somebody you're laying on top of them breathing on them you know what i'm saying like when you pressure the quarterback you're doing that when you fight for balls you're doing that football is not just a contact sport like you're not wearing a bowling ball on your head you're very much breathing on other people you're gonna sweat on people you know what i mean but after the game in maybe the most controlled scenario you can't hand the other guy your jersey can't have a jersey can't dap them up you can't there you go. They're making rules to say that they're making rules. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we tried. We're trying. The effort should be placed in sitting your ass at home. Yes. 
Yeah. But I'm telling you, Roger Goodell, these owners, they got they got to pay for the yachts. They got to pay for uh, the Plan B pills for all the for all the mistresses. <laughs> got to take care of the mistresses. Yep. Oh my God. You got to get them all those pearl necklaces. Speaking of mistresses, mm-hmm. Peanut, how would you define entanglement? Entanglement. Uh, I would define it that Disney movie with, with that one blonde bitch that had the long hair. <laughs> That's how I describe that. That's what you would say that. Yeah. So we're gonna like get into it, but I kind of <laughs> I saw entanglement, and I was immediately like, I'm not gonna say hurt, but it's always that classic thing of when I cheat, I'm just doing it to do it. But when you cheat, you clearly in love, and all you want to do is hurt my it. heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's what we said. Like you know, when men cheat. It's just physical thing. When women cheat, it's an emotional thing, which is worse. Well, it's a lie, but it feels better to say. Um, no, emotion, emotional cheating is way worse than physical cheating. I tweeted, you cheat on me, I'm upset. But an entanglement? I take that as that man having you in yoga poses and you riding him while he's sitting up while the wind blows from an open window and somebody's playing the violin. I ain't having it. That's an entanglement to me. All right? So... Mm-hmm. You know, if you listen to this, you're probably familiar with uh, the Red Table Talk. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith on her show on Facebook, where they got a big ass red table. And she sits across from somebody who needs to work through or atone for, um, you know, some kind of transgression or a thing they said or an action they've made or a belief they've had. And it's like a place of healing and discussion. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So... The relationship between Jada Pinkett Smith and August Alsina has been going on for a while. It's like a friend thing, a mentor thing. And whenever he like really goes through it, he talks about how important she was to him and how much she was there for him. And it's kind of like, okay, like that's, you know, that's cool. I mean, it's somebody's wife, but I don't know if you, you know, I don't know y'all's business. So mm-hmm. we got to kind of leave that to the side. And, you know, there's been rumors for years that those two have been in kind of an open marriage, right? Yeah. And so... August Alcina basically got on the internet saying, yeah, Jada and I weren't just friends. We were in a relationship and this and that. And so, and I felt taken advantage of in the situation and, you know, talking about how he feels and I don't, and Peanut just made a face right now. Like, look, I, this conversation, like this part of the conversation that we're having, I don't think whether or not she was good to him or bad to him is really what I want to talk about. Like, I don't know. Here you go. Yeah. That don't matter. For sure. Yeah, I hope I'm saying the same thing. I'm just I'm just telling the part of the story that's available. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it what happened between them is not the focus of what like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're talking about. What are we talking about? So Jada's like, yo, uh clearly I'm messing up. So I'm taking myself to the red table. And it's like, oh boy. And then you see her sitting there and Will sitting there. And like to call it awkward would be an understatement because it's people who clearly want to be open about their lives but even when you're open about your relationship and how it allows for other people to weave in and out at different points you still got to be really really careful what you say so as not to involve parties who want to don't want to be seen as causing trouble in other people's relationships you know what i'm saying because everybody says i don't know Everybody says Will Smith was knocking down Eva Mendez. Everybody says Will Smith was knocking down Margot Robbie, right? Mm-hmm. But 
it was never like that's Will Smith's. Well, I'm not gonna say it's not emotional, but what I'm saying is none of them ever jumped out of line talking about how Will was just using them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had his in check. <laughs> that's the issue. Put it the, down. The issue is that somebody who was brought into this situation, probably knowing that it wasn't going to be. She not getting divorced to get with you, dog. Regardless yeah. how much fun y'all have, right? So him knowing that, him lashing out is what makes it rough. Because then you got Will and Jada having to sit up there and talk about how cool they are about everything. So Will even gets on there and he's like, no, um, yeah, so you and the thing you had. And Jada was like, yeah, you and I were having our problems. We had separated. So, you know, the entanglement I was in, Will was like, entanglement? Like, yo, what are you talking about? I need, You only use entanglement with me. <laughs> I'm the one that entangles you. Yeah. I'm the only one putting you in the octopus stretch. Okay? Just me. Yeah, he was uh visibly distraught with the whole thing. Um I think the whole the whole thing with them is a facade. It's a long game. It's a long call. Yeah, the whole family's just fucked up in general. Like I, I, I actually really like their family. No, I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. But I just think mentally they're all fucked up <laughs> in their own way. How do, you, how do you say both of those things in one sentence? Well, no, I mean, because they're not, they're not doing nothing wrong, but mentally they're just fucked up. Like, the kids and all of them. You, you're not saying anything. I'm saying a lot. Say it. I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but say it. Like. <laughs> Present your evidence. Did, uh, didn't Jaden call? Who, who do you call? Like, uh, he called some, who do you call his dad? Uh, was Young Thug? Yeah, come on, man. Or somebody? They're like the same age almost. That's how kids talk. No. No. Yeah, all these 20... Okay, there's not a legion of 23-year-old white kids who think Travis Scott is their dad. They probably think he's more like the brother. No, they they worship that man. Like I, yeah, because he makes music mm -hmm. that's fit for them. Sure, sure. I mean, so, I, I mean, like, like those bro, I'm finally getting hip hop, bro. <laughs> I'm so depressed, bro. You, shut up. No, but and then it's like, and then Willow writing a letter like she missed Tupac. Like you didn't know fucking Tupac. <laughs> like, I didn't know Tupac. I was alive in Tupac. Gosh, I don't even. She was still swimming in Will Smith's nutsack when he died. I in no way advocate violence against women. Yeah. Um, I don't think that. A situation like this is enough for anybody to react physically. Yeah. I just want to tell a joke that was funny. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've set that up. Because for the record, I think they're all solid people. I just think their egg salad ain't all there. They're missing some parts of the egg salad. I just want to tell this joke that I did find funny. Mm -hmm. Mostly because none of the parties would participate in this. Okay. Somebody said Will can't even kill her because she'd just be back with Tupac. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I mean, no, I, I think that it's like watching Will become the butt of all the jokes like this week was funny to me only because like clearly he's been allowed to do his thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you got to take that out. Like it's just the way it goes. But like, I'm sure he probably don't care either. I wouldn't. Oh, much, I'm sure you don't give a fuck. Like no, he, Will Smith is not worried about our respect. No, <laughs> he don't give a fuck about that. No, like Will Smith like is one of those super I, I would like to call him self-made. Like, like he made a lot of good moves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so yeah, good on him. Like, Summer this is still a classic, yeah. even though it don't feel the same this year to bump it, but it still gets played. We were sitting in the house yesterday, and Peanut like just randomly turns on Little Rob Summer Nights, and I just get so upset. Why would you get upset? Because you're racist. <laughs> I was like, why are you playing this? It's no, like two o'clock in the afternoon. We're sitting there watching First Forty Eight, and I you play. Feel good. <laughs> I feel all right. Oh my god. <laughs> mm. 
So what else you got for this week, man? Um, you know, also kind of want to talk about, um, I guess, backtrack to sports again. Um, with, with that that one uh the one kid he committed to Howard over UCLA for basketball. Yeah, so is that's that, huge. Is that kid Thornmaker's brother? They're cousins. Okay, or cousin or something like that. Yeah, they're related, but. He chose Howard, which you know, you know. Um, yeah, so there's no, been no, no disrespect, but he yeah. clearly didn't choose Howard over UCLA for facilities. Even though Howard is a beautiful campus, I've been there. Yeah, like eleven years ago, I, I it was beautiful, beautiful campus. You know, I loved it. But um, yeah, I was shocked. Whenever I was like, oh shit, you, you know, Howard over UCLA, like basketball. It's been a few kids across a few sports who have decided, even though they're very much the Division One prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking in terms of football, but like these these power five schools mm-hmm. want them, uh, you know, as part of their program. And they're like, hey, I'm going to an HBCU. Um, I think that a lot of kids who are doing this, like in the basketball sense, only plan on being in college a year anyway. Mm-hmm. But like it really does change the balance of power um, and letting these small schools get these athletes. And it's going to allow them to get TV deals. It's going to yeah, allow them to get sponsorship deals. That's what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause now, because people want to see those players, mm-hmm. a, a, a lot of HBCU teams don't get TV time, but mm-hmm. now we're going to see them on CBS. We're going to see them on ESPN, that kind of thing that they're going to get a lot more mm-hmm. playing than, than just the, the Southern classic or whatever with the grambling and Southern on NBC. They yeah, get more than that. There's this idea that, if a kid goes to a small school, it's going to be harder for pro scouts to find them. And it's like, yo, like this is the YouTube era. Like everybody has a camera on at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has, while they might not have the same facilities, every school has a kid who can chop up video highlights and make anybody look like anything. Yep. And this is almost universal at the high school level at this point, right? Um, like, I, I never saw James Harden play in college. I watched no fucking Arizona State games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, which is still, a, like, uh, you know, a Power 5 school, but yep. still, I didn't see him play. Y'all just told me how good he was. Like, uh, the kid Luca, you know, like, he's playing overseas. Like, there's somebody who can always find talent. Like, it's always going to be there. Scottie Pippen went to the dirt smallest school in the whole world. And was what Dennis a top Robin. ten pick, yeah, Dennis Rodman, like all Oklahoma Central or whatever it was. Or... It has never been a situation where they can't go find talent based on the school that they're at. Yep, it just looks good for rich schools to get richer. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. So I mean, hell, um, R.I.P. But Air McNair, Alcorn, yeah, and finished fourth in the Heisman that year. Yeah, at Alcorn yeah. State. Like, if yeah. the talent is there, it doesn't matter where you go to school. Exactly. Um, and, and these kids are realizing that. And you know, good on them. Like, like you have to give them all the credit in this because the only incentive, um, and, and granted, that may be where you want to go, mm-hmm. but the only real incentive is to help that school. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's a it's a pretty selfless act. It really is. Now, let me ask you this though. <clears throat> I guess two questions. First question is number one, um, and then you can answer both after asking. But the first question is: Do you think uh, this will start being maybe like a, a common trend that may start picking up? With some of these uh, higher-ranked uh, profile student-athletes, number two, does this now put pressure on schools like, for example, University of Texas to make the changes that a lot of these student-athletes are now demanding that these schools uh, make? So, so in Texas' case, they're going to have to make it earlier 
because the kids already put that on them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of these schools in the South um, who still need to not even adjust their curriculum, but adjust the way of life and their student population to better suit the kids that they want to play there. Like that's what they're really going to have to change. Yeah, they're going to have to admit a, a like different people because. Boy, imagine these white-ass schools. And granted, I, again, I went to Texas, which was 1% black while I was there. So when I say these white-ass schools, I'm talking about my schools, too. But imagine and these white-ass schools without athletes. People aren't like, yeah, you, they're not going to sell a bunch of merchandise. Mm-mm. Like, you know, the things are going to, to be down. So these larger institutions are going to have to do more in the future to make sure that their kids want to stay there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's going to take some time. Like it'll be by the time our kids are like in high school and college, but it'll be, yeah, this is going to make them have to adjust if the trend continues. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of that one year rule in the NBA, uh, backfiring a little bit because they say that it's done, you know, so the kids can have the maturity and you don't like clog up the, uh, the talent pool. It was to scratch the back of these big programs. And so they're more forthright with giving you information on students, things of that nature. Yeah, you know, so yeah, there, there, there's that part. Yeah. Um, anything else? Mm. It's weird. Like we have the world's kind of open, so there's kind of things to talk about, but it's still not enough to where I can say X, Y, and Z happened today. No, I, I guess like the, the only last thing is, um, which is interesting, you know, uh, stand on the on the college thing, mm-hmm. um. Ivy League decided no fall sports. Yeah. Ivy League, no fall sports. Big Ten, Pac-12, and I believe ACC have all said only that, conference that they're only games. conference. Big mm-hmm. 12 haven't said nothing yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the other one? SEC, they haven't said nothing yet either. So, And I feel like this is going to not only mess up a lot of schedules, I, I think eventually it may just cut the season. Yeah. Because and, and who who loses the most with that? The small um, schools, the small schools who are getting who basically fund their right. athletic program by non-conference games, like you know the I mean? Ball States and the Miami Ohio mm-hmm. schools. Yeah, they yeah, basically, all because, yeah, they're, they're not gonna they're yeah. not gonna get that big. You don't get that two hundred thousand dollar check to go Shit. play uh, Arizona. Shit, I, I think somebody was getting. Uh, I was getting a mill. Yeah, one point five million to go mm-hmm. play. I think somebody in a, either a Pac twelve or a. ACC school, they're going to yeah. give them a check for one one and a half million to play them. Yeah. Now that money's gone, it's like, yeah. So there are some programs that won't be back next year. Like that. That's just the nature of it. Um, and that's unfortunate. Uh, but you know, it, you, what's what's safe? You know what I mean? What is really best for your school is you not having the pandemic hit it specifically. Like yep. that's what helps the most. You know what Especially I mean? Especially because the kids are sick. Can't play for you anyway, but exactly. the, the good thing is, I think what's, you know, obviously Ivy League is Ivy League for the reason that they are, because number one, they are smart, mm-hmm. you know, they're showing the decisions that they're making, with this at least, um, but they are going to still honor the scholarship of the athletes. Yeah. And basically, the only thing they're going to do is, and sporadically, they're going to, what I was reading is that they're still going to allow them to practice their sport, but mm-hmm. it's just going to be like in all sporadic, just still yeah. continuing like still i think they'll still be able to keep a year of eligibility or whatever it is like like they're not going to lose eligibility i got you which i i think that's pretty cool like that's that's the safe that's the safe right thing to do especially in college now high school it's a little bit different mm-hmm. there's already some districts like here in texas 
They were decided. Like uh, more importantly, I think it's uh, it was Laredo and El Paso. They decided, hey, we're not gonna start basically playing our games till about week five, week six. Like we're closed. We're not doing shit. So, or they're not returned to school. Like they're keeping everything shut. No extracurriculars. So that's gonna mess up a lot of team schedules. But you know, at the same time, it's kind of like. There's so many people that have this hard on for like high school football right now. It's like, no, there's not going to be a season. I, I'd rather these kids just, you know, sorry, you know, it's, it's the way it is, you uh-huh. know, hey, best of luck, you know, versus them get really sick, have to be put on a vent- ventilator and possibly die. Yeah. And, you know, the, there's been, you know, talks of why don't we move uh, uh, football to spring. And it's like, I don't think here, especially here in high school in Texas, I don't think they would be willing to scrap another spring season, mm-hmm. you know, because it wouldn't be fair to them. Like that's two in a row. Mm-hmm. That's two in a row that they didn't get, we didn't get a uh, track, basketball, uh, basketball baseball, mm-hmm. like, you know, scrap them to put football. Like that would be, that'd be kind of wrong, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, it, it's really changing. I, I think with the NCAA doing that, I feel like it's going to trickle down eventually to us. Cause there's still plenty of time before we start school. Yeah. And there's still so many people that are like, you know, they're gung-ho, like, oh, we got to have season. Like, no, we don't. We need these kids to be safe. We need the families to be safe. That's what we need. Like, exactly, exactly. We, we don't need these kids to get, you know, to lose half a lung Yeah. because you want to finally make the playoffs or and because you, you, you got to get kid, state. Yeah, and you got the kid who's either asymptomatic or strong as an ox mm-hmm. who is going to go out there and be just fine but go home to his grandma. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... It's so unsafe. Like with the NBA, mm-hmm. like even though there are flaws in the bubble idea, you at least have some control over that. You know what I mean? Like you as long don't as they bring them hose up. They're good. Who's gonna be the first one to get caught with one? Jared Smith. And why is it Devin Booker? Can't trust some light skins, man. Oh wait, <laughs> Phoenix isn't getting invited to the bubble. What am I talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, just a whole lot of uncertainty right now. Um, so we'll see how it all plays out. Like I'm just waiting for the day that we can have this show and we can say, hey, we got this COVID thing under control and we can get back to talking about. Get our, back to brunch. Yeah, get back to our weekly Now that exploits. I live like 10 minutes away from the goddamn place. Hey, shut that bitch all the way down. It's a shame. But you know what? It, it's good though. But also big shout out to uh, Patty Mills. Yeah. Donating yeah. his whole paycheck to Black Lives Matter and charities. Yeah, it's it's amazing. The what, whole like, like, uh, summer paycheck. That's good. A black person... Not from America, mm-hmm. but who's like, and, and it's not that Australia isn't doesn't have racism because they absolutely do. Oh, Shit. absolutely, yeah. Read read one book and you'll see how you know dark skinned people are treated out there. But you know, for him to realize the uh, the severity of what's going on here and to be willing to like put money up for that, like that, that's really cool. Um, what would be on the back of your jersey? If you were in the bubble and they told you you got to put any positive message on the back of your jersey, I don't know. Hmm. Nut power, I don't know. Fuck. Nut power would be it. I don't know. Um, I would probably say no entanglements <laughs> or entanglement free. Like that's not happening. If you got caught cheating, would you call it an entanglement? I feel like the bigger words you use, the more you can probably get away with. Probably, because <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that don't understand big words. And so you can just kind of flip it and you can just kind of manipulate manipulate it. Yeah. I'm just a, 
Entanglement. It, it's the most upsetting thing in the world. I just feel like he's doing so much to you. And you just saw like his soul just kind of about to leave, and he had to snatch yeah. it in really quick. He, he fought tooth and nail to not. Somebody went Mr. Fantastic on that pussy. Entanglement. Um, one thing I do want to say before we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I got. The world is so small. There's this show on YouTube um, that's that's pretty popular, and I can't even say what it's about because it'll just give away what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, I had been like a fan of the show forever, and you know, knew it existed, and it was always that thing that was like, you know, there's stuff that we do, and it's like a few steps above, like for reasons. And uh, the guy who makes it has worked really hard on it, and. Uh, turn it into what it is so like randomly uh you know we have been following each other on twitter and he hits me up and he's like hey i want you to be on the show and i'm like what and he's like no yeah i think you'd be great for this like your uh, your sense of humor is really going to work with this so i was like okay how long do i have to do it and he was like i don't want to give you a deadline because if i give you a deadline you'll wait till the end of it because that's what people do and i was like no 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 he was like all right two weeks so i did it in like two days right Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really cool. Like, uh, like Mal helped me shoot it, and so like it's kind of like produced. And you've seen? Did you see the whole thing? Mm-hmm. I showed you the whole it. thing. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think that's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna open some some eyes because like, it's if all of a sudden two hundred thousand people see a thing that you do, like I think it raises visibility for everything that we're trying to do. Um, and boys, gonna be some people who see that who got mad because. I'm not going to say I have haters, but there are absolutely people I've let know, like in this community, that it's on site. And I, I don't, and you know me, I like everybody. I like everybody. Except. But the thing you can't do is, you can't, you can't call me fake. That's the thing that gets me. Like, you're fake. I, <laughs> like, I feel like as crazy as some of the stuff that we do is, that I do is, I always feel like I'm being authentic. Like, I feel like I'm being very much me when I do this stuff. So, somebody to call me fake, like, that kind of throws it. So, boy, I can't wait till they see it. I'm super excited. I am going to go to my burner account, see exactly what they say, and screenshot it and slap it on the wall. Hater motivation forever. And with that, coming soon <laughs> to Seahawks Twitter, blue check. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever give me a blue check. I'm selling out immediately. <laughs> Guys, 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 maybe black people are the problem. (laughs) (laughs) All the way to the bank, baby. Oh, my God. It's the South Congress podcast, episode 112. My name is Cameron. And I'm Tristan. And we're out. Bye. (laughs) Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comment, show, or movie discuss? Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show.